Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone. Today I'm here to talk about a pretty random movie that I just recently revisited. Uh, I wasn't really intending to, wasn't really on my radar for any reason, but my dad came home and he had said that someone at work, I can't remember if it was a coworker or a customer, but uh, somebody at work had told him that he needed to check out this movie that... Um, Morgan Freeman was in, and he was like, it's Red something, Red, uh, and I was like, Red? Just the movie Red? And it, it was, and, um, we decided to, to sit down and check it out, I guess the guy had said, like, it's a fun action movie, whatever, just, like, uh, cheesy, good time, and, uh, and it is, but it's not a great one, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but that did prompt me to check out the comic because I knew this is one of those kind of very, um, very like off the beaten path comic book movies, stuff like, uh, Men in Black was technically based off a comic, this, and, um, oh shoot, what's that other one? Uh, The Losers, The Losers, yeah, I wonder how many issues there are that, maybe I can check that out, but that's actually that's a pretty interesting movie too maybe one day i'll review that but it's it's stuff that on the on a service level you would never think would be uh like a a comic it just seems like some sort of uh unique kind of action movie premise but it turns out that they were based on like very little known comics so i thought i might as well check out the comic too because once i looked into it i realized it's only three issues which for one, I was like, uh, okay, well, I'm just gonna assume they're supersized, because three issues to cover everything that they do in this movie seems pretty low, and I started reading it, and it started to play out a lot like the movie, and I was like, oh, okay, so I think I know what I'm getting into, and then I got to the first issue, the end of it, and I was like, uh, that's it? And uh, I was very surprised to see where it ended up going from there, but, um, I think that'd be interesting to talk about, a little compare and contrast. I do think the comic is better, and I'll get into that, but uh, but for now, I'll just leave it at that and, and talk about the movie. So, A Cheesy Good Time is not inaccurate. It's, uh, it's a very, very cheesy, very cliche type of action movie, uh, similar type of thing to um, the... You know, it's a very tried and true premise for action movies. The the retired guy who doesn't want to get back in the game, who's drawn back into the game the, for one last mission, whatever. And uh, he kind of gets the crew to back together throughout the course of the movie. And uh, you meet a lot of interesting characters along the way. And it, there's a little bit of romance, a lot of action and stuff. So, you know, you, you kind of know what you're getting going into it. And I thought what was super interesting was that for an action movie, uh, this has not very good action. I know I shouldn't be surprised. It's very, it's funny to me that 99% of action movies don't have well-shot action, but this is no exception. The action scenes in this are not great. They're nothing too special. They're definitely over-edited, and um, a lot of it, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's a little implausible even for this type of movie, and it just isn't always super clear and uh, honestly not super entertaining. This movie has a very th- like fast-paced story in terms of like things keep constantly getting thrown at these characters, but it 
surprisingly feels very slow. It doesn't move at a clip like I think it should, and uh, that definitely resulted in me getting a little bored towards the end of the movie. I was definitely ready for it to be over, and um, really wondering how we had a half an hour left. It just kind of seemed like it was spinning its wheels for a lot of it, and I think that's kind of disappointing because it has enough things going on in the plot that it could keep uh, up a really strong narrative momentum, which is a great thing for action movies, stuff like Speed, Die Hard, which also has Bruce Willis in it. Um, you know, they're, those are movies that keep you entertained and on the edge of your seat through the whole thing, and I think this definitely could have used a little bit of that, because as it stands, I don't know if it's necessarily too long, but it definitely could have used a little bit of uh, pacing adjustment. I, I think that was one of the those are two of the bigger complaints. The the action and the pacing were, were definitely leaving something a little bit lacking. Uh, I think that all the performances were pretty much fine. I mean, everybody in this movie is a very well respected and and famous like actors actor. You know, they're not just like famous. They're also like very great at like they're great at their craft. It's a it's, you know, it's a it's a craft for them. I don't know if that. Uh, if that really makes sense, but like you know the difference between like M Tom Cruise is like a, he's a great actor and he's a great action movie star, whatever. But Morgan Freeman is a great actor. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you see the difference there? And this is a this cast is full of people like that. Helen Mirren, um, Morgan Freeman, like I said, Bruce Willis, uh, that one guy, uh, John Malkovich. So yeah, it's it's definitely filled out by a lot of people who who don't really turn in bad performances and, and this is no different they do what they're asked and uh and they do pretty good at that but i do think that um the the romance angle is a little interesting for me the villains are a little underwhelming they never really seem to be that big of a threat and i'm never totally sure exactly what they're doing the plot gets so needlessly complicated towards the end that i'm not entirely sure what exactly is going on i did like seeing carl urban's character turn i kind of saw it coming right before it happened but it was an it was a satisfying payoff for sure but i do wish there was a little bit more clarity to what exactly they were doing and why um the the romance angle which i said uh i said about briefly but to touch on that a little bit more i think it was something that this movie didn't necessarily need i mean it sort of gives bruce willis something to to go for but like I don't know, he's never met her, and it's not like they have a very long-standing relationship. Uh, 22 calls is certainly a lot, but I don't know, it's, like, it's just 22 cell phone calls, like, I don't, I don't know exactly to what degree they built a relationship over, over those calls, and, um, the age difference, it's not that severe in real life, like, it's, um, I think it was like nine or twelve years, something like that. It was so it's something that's like weird, but kind of normal. Uh, once once you're older, that's more normal. I feel like like forty year olds and and like fifty year olds can uh kind of get together, and that's less weird than if it was like a I don't know an eighteen year old and a and a thirty year old. You know, like that the twelve year age gap gets less weird as you get older, and so knowing that what it was in reality did make it a little less uncomfortable but it did feel like it like just the way it reads on screen it reads a little awkward like he definitely reads way older than i think he's supposed to and so there's parts of it that seem a little bit creepy but that's not anything that's really their fault it's just the way the movie was cast that was kind of just kind of going to be an issue 
and I don't know. I just feel like if it was some sort of longer standing relationship, then that might have been a little bit more interesting, and you would have got more why he wants this so bad. I will also say that I think uh, to get into the comic book, I know one of the big parts of both the movie and the comic is that his life is boring and he's very lonely. But I do think that the romance angle might have worked better if they shaded the movie's version of Frank Moses a little bit more. Because there was a very distinctly different aspect to the comic for me. Well, two. And they're kinda it's they kinda tie into one another. So the one was that the romance is completely not present in the comic. They meet at the hotel room, or I mean at her apartment, sorry, which is very similar to the um to the movie, but he only needs her uh her like ID card and he needs to use it to get to a computer to like kind of throw them off his scent and make them think he's somewhere else when he's actually headed right for them. So he's kind of diverting them using her login information and um that's the only time they meet though she doesn't go with him on his trip they don't like end up falling in love or anything all that is totally absent from the comic and another thing that's very different about the comic is that he is a much more tortured character a lot of his motivation comes from the fact that he is he's grown disillusioned with the type of institution that he used to be a part of and the type of people who would call the shots but never never actually get in in the field just the the nameless faceless suits who ordered him around the globe and he feels broke everything he was as a person and that's a big reason why he's going after them because uh he feels that they are like lesser men that they don't have the courage to get their hands dirty and that they're just pointing other guns and ruining other people uh just to to further their agenda and so he's kind of a big part of the story is him proving that he is superior to them in that way and kind of getting revenge in that way which is very different because in this there's no element of that he's just kind of a cool action f hero and none, none of what he's done over the course of his life really haunts him which is fine the tonal shift works for this movie but i don't think that any of these characters have anything that interesting going on the biggest a degree of characterization i would say is the um the john malkovich's character he's like he's on some weird drugs or something that kind of mess with his brain and he is kind of crazy but then he turns out to be right he's like weird paranoid but also right and I'm, that's more used as a comedic sort of thing it's not really a character trait and none of these people have very interesting things to grapple with which like i said is fine it works okay in the movie but once i saw what was going on in the comic and the degrees of um of really creating a a, a fully fleshed out character that warren ellis is able to pull off through his writing in the in the comic i just couldn't help but thinking like that man that is what a much better and more interesting way to go with that character he is uh he's a very tortured person these people have broken everything that he was he's not just lonely he is uh he's like very he's got very strong ptsd there's a part where um it's late at night and he's in the kitchen and it's raining and there's a thunderstorm and the thunder is making him think of all the gunshots and explosions that he's heard over his career 
and he's like he's kind of freaking out and he's like he starts to cry and i was like that is something that's not present at all in the movie there's not really any emotional moments like that and stuff like that would have been so so great to include and i think would have really elevated this movie and beyond that there's a part which was probably my favorite part of the entire entire book um he is looking down the the scope of a sniper rifle and he is um he's like taking out these guards that are on the roof of the langley like the cia headquarters and he's getting flashbacks to all the other people that he's seen through the same exact view and just the power of that image was really really fantastic and something that i think could have translated amazingly to the movie and could have made certain moments of this like very beautiful in terms of character development that are just completely not touched on at all and i think that that that's kind of twofold where i think that uh, the romance would have worked better if he was a more tortured character. Another big part of the comic is that he just wanted to be left alone. He just didn't want to be dragged out into the world, and there's no reason that they had to do this to him. And he's just so angry that he can't help himself but come teach them this lesson. And he um, he kind of has a part of him wants to die. And they definitely touch on the loneliness aspect of this, but they don't touch on the part that he doesn't want to be back in the world. Uh, I did think that some of the opening moments were striking in the movie where you see how how alone he is and how boring his life is, but that really seems to be it. It seems like he's itching to get back in the field, and that's not the character in the book at all. And listen, I think that creators should have the latitude to make changes like that and to try to, you know, things can be open to interpretation, but I don't think it really adds anything. I just think it makes it a more shallow story when it could have had a lot of emotional impact. And for that, I think that him having romantic interest, if that could even have been added into the comic, it wouldn't really fit the way they told the story. But I think um, if they could have kind of melded those things together and put that into the movie, I think having um, understanding that this person is really important to him, it's something that helps him helps keep him grounded he doesn't really have anything else to live for he spent his life killing and traveling the globe and never really settling down or making any real connections or friends so this person is very important to him and so when she becomes involved in this that really becomes a big motivating factor for him and he's really holding on to her as sort of a a symbol of like his humanity like she makes him happy she makes him feel as if all the monstrous things he's done aren't so bad they don't haunt him as much anymore when he's with her when he talks to her and and that's a big part of his um uh like his character if that could have been written in the movie oh my god that would have been amazing i think this is kind of like uh, old john wick is kind of how i would describe the comic and i think if they could have brought a lot of that honestly if you could have just transplanted john wick but made him a little old that's basically that's basically the comic and um and so, yeah, I think this, if it had a lot of that, it would probably be remembered a lot more fondly if it was, uh, if it had better action, if it was um, a little bit more character focused. I think this could have been something really special, but as it is, it's a fun but forgettable uh, action movie that I think could have been so much more. And so uh, coming out of it after reading the comic and everything, I was already a little bit, uh, a little bit underwhelmed when I first saw it, but after reading the the comic it was based on, I was a little disappointed because I feel like this could have been something really, really, truly great, and it's just something mediocre, and I don't think they should have settled for that because 
the comic is definitely trying to tackle something much bigger, and it definitely has a lot more on its mind. And while I don't think that would have had the same commercial viability, a much lower budget movie with Bruce Willis in a starring role dealing with old trauma and trying to teach a, a new generation of pencil pushers and suits that bro that are going to break another generation of people, uh, just like they did him, would have been just incredible. But they didn't make that movie, and so... I'll always be wishing they did, but for the time being, I'll just, you know, go back to enjoying John Wick. So yeah, all in all, a little disappointed. Would definitely recommend the comic, but you could probably skip the movie. Before I get out of here, I do want to say that I am grateful to see my grandma. She very recently took a job in Florida, which means obviously she's moving down there. She did for a little while, but she came back. Uh, the hurricane is hitting, whatever, and she was also just getting lonely. She doesn't have anybody really to talk to or any family down there, and she didn't even bring her dog. So she was definitely getting to a point where she wanted to come back, and I'm really glad she did because it was great to see her. We we went to lunch after work the other day, and then we just kind of hung out and went shopping, drove around and stuff. It was a lot of fun, and she's coming over in about 40 minutes or so uh, right after I'm, I'm done with... The, this little recording session and I'm really excited about that so I'm just grateful that she's happy and, and healthy and okay and I'm very glad to see her I'm, I'm thankful that she made a safe trip back and and will be coming back more regularly than we would have thought so that's my grateful all right everyone if you enjoyed this episode and you want to show the the show some love please consider leaving a five-star review you can do that right in app so while you're there consider subscribing both those things really help people find the show and and uh help it turn up in searches more naturally if you think that you know anybody who would like this show and you want to uh, tell them point them my way i would absolutely love that telling a friend is another very great way for the show to grow and so i uh definitely appreciate it if you want to follow the show on Instagram for updates on new episodes and what the topics of discussion will be, you can do that at Movies and More Pod. Or if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that at GVAndreaLA1. And if you want to email the show with any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions, you can do that at MoviesMorePod at gmail.com. And if you want to find a great landing page for all the things I just said, plus every possible place you can listen to this podcast, you can find that at MoviesMorePod.com. That's a great landing page for everything I'm doing here, and it's all in one nice, convenient place. So. Thank you if you've done all that, and thank you in advance if you're going to. In the meantime, I just want to thank you, as always, for listening. And until next time, um, don't send a hit squad to kill an assassin. If you were considering that, probably don't do that. Bye. sum up the difference between the movie and the book in like the title because in the movie the title means it's an it's an acronym it's retired extremely dangerous which is kind of a funny joke but then in the in the book it's literally just we have a code red because this person is coming to kill everyone and um and that's very indicative of the the vast tonal difference between the two that's gonna be me they're gonna be like, oh shoot, Grandpa's coming? Guys, we got a code red. A code red? What does that mean? Retired, extremely dangerous. It's to me pull up, open the door. What's that?
Oh, shoot. He's pulling up at the basketball. <laughs> That's what they mean by extremely dangerous. He'll break your ankle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not that good at basketball. But that'd be hilarious. Oh, my God. Imagine just, like, pulling up the family get-togethers. I'm like, hey, kids. Back in my day, I was the best of the best at, at, uh, at breaking ankles and windmilling. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't, what am I even saying? <laughs> Retired, extremely dangerous. Either way, that's what I want to be known as, one way or another. Uh, okay, back to the review, actually. What the hell?